Around Comics, Episode 34. Chicago, this is Round Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neisman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Yeah, whatever. We're also joined by our Round Comics regular, Mr. Tom Gators. Hello. And our special guest this week is the host of Word Balloon. He is Mr. John Suntress. I am the Jack Germond of comics. <laughs> Who's Jack Germond? Oh, that's a that's a uh, John McLaughlin a McLaughlin Group report. I figure we're a panel show, so I should be like, never heard of. You just went so far over your head, Chris. Is he in a comic book? He should be. He should be. He looks like Joe Besser at like eighty five. Didn't he team up with Hector Hammond? Nasty third stooge. Not so hard. Folks, I would like to uh, uh, mention that this episode of Around <laughs> Comics is brought to you by GeekArmor.com. GeekArmor.com. Can you let everyone uh, know about GeekArmor? Sure. GeekArmor.com sells t-shirts with the geek in mind, featuring a great selection of comic book t-shirts as well as video games, sci-fi, TV, and movie shirts you are sure to find something you like. Check out their latest original design, a red shirt with a phaser hole on the front that reads, I went on an away mission and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. And now the good folks at Geek Armor are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code Around Comics when placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. That's Around Comics, all one word, and get 10% off. GeekArmor.com, check them out today. Well, Around Geek Armor comics. sounds awesome, guys. <laughs> Geek Armor is awesome. My girlfriend I loves her ordered, shirt. I ordered like four shirts from Geek Armor. I'm going to wear them at Wizard World. Do they have, like, Tom, have you gotten the Flash shirt yet? No, they're out no of the large shirt. right now, and I think I could get away with a medium, but I like no, my T-shirts to be billowy. <laughs> You don't like the form-fitting... Yeah, I like sort of a billowing... He likes his torso to remain a mystery. Yeah, I don't want anyone to see my oddly shaped (laughs) torso. The the superfluous third nipple that you can conceal so well. I've seen that old in those conventions. It's frightening. Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. Occasionally, people like John Suntress walk in and... We say, hey, we wrangle them and would you tie like into to a talk chair. Comics, so. I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go. You no, can all... I had so much fun last time. Honestly, I, I, I'm pleased to come back. And oh, living on the streets, tough. Any, any time, <laughs> any, any t- every Friday, we would love to have you. It's, it's, it's always fun. Uh, if you uh, download through iTunes, which we know a lot of you do, please leave us a review. That is a very or kind thing to do. If you've already written one, is there any way to set up a fake profile to write a second review? <laughs> I keep trying to find out, Tom. And I haven't been able. Able to do it yet. Urge you just need another email address. Is all you, I've done like 25. <laughs> yeah, you know? urge you. That's okay. <laughs> Lonely comic book reader. I'm, so, I'm so sad now because whenever we got, we got like four reviews, but they're all from you, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And they're all bad. <laughs> I missed the boots. This show sucks. I'm uh, yeah, that, Beta 39. <laughs> I'm uh, Get Smart 89. <laughs> I'm and, Beta. Uh, 
Vader's Secret 25 gives the comic gives it three stars. Well, folks, if you haven't already discovered, this is one of our uh, lighter and uh, funnier blah, shows, blah. we hope. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, we would encourage you to go back and uh, listen to one of Monday's episodes. It is a longer... Uh, Wait, one of Monday's? We had multiple Mondays? Mondays? I don't know. We're, we're doing like eight episodes. A Monday? Today. Any Monday episode. Oh, there you go. They're, so they're the ones with wire to wire comic news and top of the stack recommendations and they're like two hours long and, and bumpers you know, and yeah all that stuff chris so. will talk about greg ruckett at some point in the I love greg ruckett oh, we know oh, john remember that time you interviewed greg ruckett? all right that's oh, enough of that are quiet, you enjoying red panda quiet quiet so awesome we've put a greg rucker moratorium on the oh, show no all right never mind no I, more Greg Rucka time. I like to talk about Greg Rucka. Big fan of Chevrolet. A Ruckatorium. Well. Ruckatorium. <laughs> so, in effect, chance. now. So, so, so anyway, this is one of the times that You can't we talk about Rucka until you get Rucka on the show. That's that's the, the rule. The man's the man the man it's is writing like year. eight. It's a bad year to try to bug Greg Rucka. He, like not if you don't want to hear Chris talk about Greg Rucka. All right. He's writing like eight books a month. He's going on vacation. Enough. I'm going to try and talk to him. Ruckatorium, in effect, three, two... Now we're taking a big chance by recording these episodes so far in advance because comics might be done. <laughs> well, the world could the end. That was a great out. album, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now what am by I going to do? By the time do? this comes out, people will be like, what? I have so much money, what I bought three comic? condos. <laughs> yeah. What, what is understand. a comic book? I hear they are going digital. <laughs> you know, uh, actually, that that I think we are reaching that point where, and you see companies like Speakeasy. That, that fold up because they put out so many comic books. Ding! There's our speakeasy yeah. reference. <laughs> but it, but really, it's yeah. like you know what what is the breaking point of the floppy, and what are they going to do? I mean, is it is the floppy going to be fatter? Is it going to go to 48 pages or 30? You know, I think the floppy as we know it will will sort of always be around, and as long as people write good stuff, it'll it'll be there. And you know, we were talking about this before about the collector mentality, and I think it's just something about. Having those issues every month and getting them, you know, picking picking them up the, at your comic shop, and I, I think at it'll change. Point, well, that's that's you know certainly one of the issues. I just bought Umbra number two for six bucks. Wow! But is it's it, like it's like a forty-eight. Page yeah, but the thing is, you pick that up. Big. I, this week, I kind of had I added a bunch of stuff and I had to look through all my books. And I got the first issue of Cobb and I enjoyed it. Me and too. I was like, Me too. I liked it, and then I looked at it, I'm like four bucks. Four bucks, and I'm like, it's good, but man, four bucks is a, is pack a lot. of smokes. What about the what about the <laughs> annuals? Not in Chicago, that's a oh, half yeah. of that. What about the annuals that came out this year that were five dollars? Yeah. And I got to be honest, a couple of those stories, I'm like, uh, this could have been covered in two issues, couldn't it? And you know, and I well, guess that's six, six dollars. Yeah, I guess it would have been <laughs> six dollars. You're right about that. Well, then, but yeah, I, I just didn't. I, I don't know. I didn't think they were as special as they could have been. I was a little disappointed. Well, this, this is the this is the only thing that that I'll say on. Well, who am I kidding? Um, we're gonna keep buying them. We're we're gonna keep buying. We won't buy Chris, as Jesus many. Christ, don't tell them ahead of time. No, but no. This is my thing. You know, I have a comics budget, and I'm gonna buy floppies. You know, what, but when did floppies become? The, the new buzzword for single issues. More no. Well, and I don't mean that as, you know, Casada uh, uh-huh. gets really offended by the phrase floppies. And it's yeah. like, look, I'm, I, I don't mean them, I don't mean it to denigrate. How do you want to say it? Monthlies? Whatever you want to say. It. I, I, yeah, I don't use the term <laughs> in, a, in a derogatory way. Singles? Just, yeah, they are the, yeah, they're the singles. Mm-hmm. They're the, yeah. It's kind of turned into the, I, it, it's one of those words that came around to describe. I invented it, along with the, the internet. Thank you, Al. The iFloppy <laughs> Man Bear Pig. 
<laughs> and then Tom broke the internet in half. Yeah, we yeah. that talk. Yeah. Monkey talk. But no, I, I have a budget. I'm going to buy single issues. I'm going to buy mm-hmm. trades. It's just a matter of how many I'm going to buy. Right. So, See, well, do you ever? Really... Oh, sorry, oh, Tom. Sorry. Go, no, I'm go ahead. So go, no, no. Sorry. John, I, do you have anything to say? I, no. <laughs> I, I made the weird choice this week of actually, I've been buying Fables and um, Invincible and trade. And now I've decided to start getting him in single because apparently I don't enjoy you? money. Free. <laughs> I don't yeah, enjoy, man. But I like. I like reading stuff in singles better. See, I like reading trades. What, it's just like I'd buy everything of tra- in trades if they would come out, you know, if if they would come out over the month, yeah, or you well, know, every well, three months or something, every six that, months even. That's why I don't understand we haven't made that that jump yet because I feel the same way. It's like if you know that January is always going to be Superman, February's Batman, March is the Flash, and you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a DC guy, but uh, you know, if you know those things, and then right. you know, and then also. You know, six months later, that uh, July is going to be the next uh, right. Superman or whatever. Fine, give me two. You know, yeah, I'll buy. I'll two buy annuals. You know, you two annuals. I'll buy know. six trades a month or ten trades well, a month yeah, or you know whatever. Works, you know, One of the it works is, out. Is, too, is that we are in an age of writing for the trade? But my favorite book of this last week was Detective Comics, and that was a single self-contained. Oh issue. no, kidding! Oh, I'm looking forward to reading that. That's cool, oh, Paul Dini. Yeah, and Dean J.H. Williams and J.H. Yes, Williams are. Yes, and actually, you guys talk. I'm going to go grab it because you have to look. Well, it. I'll be right back. Right. Tom, Jesus we just Christ. keep. So uh, <laughs> Slimline. Oh, yes. Go ahead. You know, I was able to make that transition to the Punisher, to trans. Yeah. And I'm very happy I did it because I think Garth Ennis' Punisher stories do read better that way. But, I'm, a, you know, Tom, I feel the same way. I did that with Powers and. You know, three weeks later, you know, it's I've Michael it. Corleone. They suck me back in. I've done it with a bunch of different books, but the problem is, is, is the books that I've done it with, I don't, I don't buy the trades on a regular basis. You know, it's like I, I, I do it with like Invincible is one book that I've never picked up the uh, the singles on. A um, hundred bullets is a, is something that I switched over to trades. Me too. Fables is something I, I, or no, Fables I buy singles, but I wish I bought it in trades. Um, but there's a handful of books that I did that with, but I won't go and. I mean, I don't stay up to date with them. It's like, oh, well, you know, I haven't picked up the last three trades. I'll go and pick them all up at one time and read them all at one time. And I enjoy doing that, though, especially depending on the book. Yeah. You know, there's some books that I, I really would much rather read six issues at one time than, than well, one issue just, every, you It's know. just a preference thing. I mean, I just, when I read them, I, it's like for me, if I get them in the single, I almost trick myself into getting double the value because I, I learn to enjoy it more reading the single and then going back to read six at a time and enjoying it that way too and like I was saying You're a very complicated man Tom I know <laughs> I read every book I buy 25 times in different combinations I read everything that came buy, out in March do you guys buy the trades of the monthlies that you like you know that no you get the collection? Uh, well what I've been doing oh, I, Dude, this, <laughs> this is something that I've been doing. Well, obviously, there are there are fans that do both. Then, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I own you know I own like I own like five different editions so of you know impressive. of Watchmen or you know I own, I own like three different editions of you know I'm gonna really? own like three different editions of Dark Knight Return because I've bought the originals on some stuff. Then I buy the trade to just read it all the time because I keep going back and reading it. Right. And then they come out with like a hardcover. And Oversized. I've fallen, yeah, I've fallen in love know, with those things. Triple size. But what I've, what I've started doing is, and, and this is sort of my new 
you know, ethos is is that I I want to take all my back issues of stuff and trade them in on trades because I don't want the back issues. This is turned into dinner for five. I'd rather have. We now have Thai food. Oh, all right. I'd rather have the the uh, like the, the hardcover or, or you know or something you know with a little more weight to it. Than I understand the, that, and but I just can't justify the expense, you know. And I but you're right, you're not alone. I know a lot of people that do that. I don't generally do that. I mean, I, I rarely will buy the books and then buy the trade. But I do find myself like buying the first three issues of something and then go, oh, you know what? I'm gonna wait on the rest of them for the trade. I've done that too, and mostly with first and second. Issues. Yeah, I can't do that. It drives it would it would kill me <laughs> to own something. <laughs> Twice. It would literally. I'm so anal, but I'm also anal in the sense that I need just one. It. I can't handle having two. I just think, oh god, I could have gotten something else. But I'm I just think, weird like that, though. I have problems. Well, I think you know part of the you know you we went back to the price point on it, and I think it is going to get to a saturation point where it's like okay. But for the, you know, I mean, Spider-Man's never going to have a problem selling no matter how much they put that book in. That. You know, certain books, X-Men, you know, whatever, sure. there, there's never going to be a problem for it. What's going to be the problem is all the other books that are, you know, independent books or just smaller titles, stuff like that, that aren't going to survive because, you know, if you're people not gonna, aren't going to yeah. pay, but they might survive in a different format. And that's, you yeah, know, I mean, it's, that, it's that sort of like, what's that point? Someone who doesn't buy exterminators because they're like, well, it's not worth three bucks, probably still isn't going to pick it up and be like, oh, this is twelve bucks. You but know, like they're Vertigo, still right, right. Vertigo is one of those few companies, and obviously because it's a division of DC, maybe it's easier. But they know that yeah. their real money is coming in trades, so they're they're they're. Is it really though? It's yeah, I think so. I they th- at least that's what they've always said in panels and stuff, and they've said we're patient, we will wait. Well, their cutoff point is way lower than anybody else's. For Vertigo, for Vertigo it is, but still something like Swamp Thing. You, Vertigo books still get canceled. Sure, well, I mean, that was it. Sleeper, not Sleeper. The uh, mm-hmm. no, that Tracker. Yeah, Tracker, the British. The obviously not Sleeper. Sleeper yeah. is great. Um, yeah, but what 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 were the sales on Sleeper? That would be interesting. No, but you know, I think because Jim Lee had faith in that book and yeah. knew that it's like, look, I, people will come, don't worry. And obviously, then grew. Wait, yeah, on, sl- on, on Sleeper? On Sleeper, yeah, with Wildstorm. Well, with yeah, Wildstorm, bro. Was, was a Wildstorm. Oh, oh, that's when that's when Jim Lee was still the head of Wildstorm. I think right. Wildstorm okay. no longer running Wildstorm technically. Did, I, I thought he, he was. I, I think. He didn't he sell it to DC? Yeah. Well, it's part yeah. of DC. Well, yeah, but he I sold think, the rights to, uh, to but DC, yeah, still, but he's still... You know, it's still like an internet company swallowing you up, and it's like, yeah, we'll still let you run the business. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's... No, that's still his baby. I mean, that's definitely... Still I think their cutoff point's even lower than Vertigo's. I mean, I they have right books that. that would be... Dis- I mean, like, well, what, American what, 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 Way, Winterman, those books would be disasters for books. any other those company. Those are great, great like, books. Well, American Way... I mean the the sales on that. I think it was um, you had you had posted on the it's forum. Like Eight thousand. Yeah, to, yeah. to the right. the Yahoo group that does the yeah. um, the comments on the monthly sales, and I think they referred to American Way as a, a sales, sales disaster. disaster. Yeah. I mean if if that if that was a DC book, it wouldn't make it all the way to eight. Well, you know, <laughs> it would that, be done now. You know, no, like, that's an interest, interesting yeah. question though. Is that if American Way were a DC book? If it had the DC imprint, how much would that improve sales of that book? Oh, I don't think that's a guarantee. I mean, look at you know, like Blood. I mean, there've been there've been very interesting things like Bloodhound. Look at yeah, the thing. thing. <laughs> the well, thing, really, exactly. That's a great point. But the thing, yeah. Here's the weird thing: if you look a at major just Marvel the numbers, character. though, a major, the, yeah, but the, the thing sold twenty thousand copies, which is still 
which would be two and okay. a half times more than American yeah, which Way. Would be, which would certainly be okay at Vertigo and Wildstorm, but yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, disaster it's, for Marvel. It's such a well, skewed. What, what have we yeah. seen as a cutoff point for Vertigo? When do Vertigo... 10,000, I think, is when they is start. Because that's where Swamp Thing, the last one that they canceled. Cool. Once it gets down to Joshua around 10,000... Joshua Dysart does yeah, Swamp Thing? Yeah, once it gets down to 10,000, I think if the trade sales aren't spectacular, like they start looking at... Again, that's sort of the... It's never been officially said, but that's sort of where it gets brought up. You know, I was, I was okay. looking yeah. for this, you know, uh, Stand on Exterminators, which is a book that, that we try and, mm. you know, we, we've thrown ourselves on the Exterminators cross. Thomas picked that one <laughs> up for yeah. me. Please. Such, such a good I'll, book. I'll fly I, if, if you, you if Exterminators gets canceled, I'll I'll drown a puppy. Is it an ongoing <laughs> I, yeah. thought, I thought it was a finite series. It is no, an it's ongoing. an ongoing. No, it's well, an ongoing. Okay. It may be a finite series, which <laughs> yeah. is a shame. In a sense, they're <laughs> all series finite series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, very, very Emmanuel Kant. I like <laughs> that. Very good time. Have you, guys, have you guys heard you of this Simon you a, Oliver? Oh, <laughs> and Emmanuel Kant, yes, I you know, I started buying Exterminators because of Tony Moore, okay. but I love the writing on the. Where did this Simon Oliver guy come from? Why can I not find him from on heaven. the internet? From heaven. <laughs> from He's a mystery man. Every, I can find me on the internet. Watch out, why, Simon why, Oliver. Why can I not find Simon he's Oliver? He's going to freaking find I'm, you, and he's going to f- talk about you. No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find out who this guy is, if he's written anything else. I can't find anything out about him. I heard, I heard right. Tony Moore just gets the scripts dropped in his chimney. <laughs> Signed are, you guys, Simon are you guys Rick Remender fans? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He, he does interesting things. Well... Now, we just, screwed up a Rick Remender interview. We could so have had him I. on the show. Oh, oh there, did you watch? All right, I called. I, I said Brian Potion was a Conan O'Brien writer, and I, I mean, I got everything wrong about the last Christmas. <laughs> I, I was such a jerk, and I felt. So, I'm sorry, Rick, if you're listening. But uh, I, He's I, not. I, I see a bread. See a bread's awesome. Love Fear Agent, and you know, talking. Here we go, name dropping. Talking to Chuck Dixon the other day. No. We were we were talking about how. Things like Team Zero was such a great book, and he's mm-hmm. he's like, you know, it's okay, the floppies didn't sell that well, but he didn't say floppies, I'm saying floppies. But that, you know, he's like, the libraries are picking up these trades, Yeah, I love doing these stories, I love doing these non-superhero genres, because all the libraries and the bookstores get it, and they, they both get That's it, they right. understand it, and literally are getting it, buying it and everything. And Team Zero so, is a kick-ass book. Oh, I yeah, love that book. and it's, if you want to read a good war story, yeah. Team Zero is what you want. And... I really think that down the line, this is going to be, you know, in a lot of ways, comic book salvation. That this this is slowly creeping into the book market, where there is some legitimacy and it's growing and it hasn't stopped growing. Well, is it is it almost you know like the the VHS or now DVD market and how that's gotten into into Hollywood and how a lot of people will even go direct to direct to video now. You think you're going to see more and more. Direct, direct to trade, direct to, trade, direct to, direct to I was kind of hoping so. That seemed to be the case around 2000. I think it's going to be totally... I mean, something like a Superman trade could get away with it without anything leading into it. Or, you know, like, sure. there's, there's a mark... It, it kind of depends on what you're going for. Like, a Fixed Terminators went a straight to trade. I don't know if that would... Well, somebody like for, Alan Moore with Lost Girls can... Well, I mean, that depends it's, on the it's, creator. It's yeah. going to be... Publisher, the name of the publisher, the name of the character, the name of the writer, the name of the artist, who's on the book. You're always going to have a certain amount of trades like that that would work, but I think what they have to look at is price point. I mean, for the books that aren't selling in individual, you know, single issues at two ninety nine or three ninety nine, whatever it may be, if you could package that up, at, you know, 
why are comics so expensive? Because of the paper, because of the the quality of the coloring and the ink and you know everything else, and obviously the marketing. But at the it's same time, why not why not produce trades on cheaper stock? You know, True. with you yeah. know, especially something like the exterminators. It doesn't need to be on glossy paper. It, it may look better, but it's not a better story well, I think because Vertigo does a good job of that. Right. Vertigo uses the newsprint yes. paper mm-hmm. on their trades. They and that's why they're able to do those at nine ninety nine. Right. Exactly. The yeah. GMZ. I'm looking at it now, and it's yeah, it's nine ninety. Well, one of the things that um, sort of interests me is about how we have sort of a homogenous nature of quality of books like every book dc puts out every book marvel puts out is seems like it's directed that everyone has to be colored and it all has to be colored to this quality and they all have to be 2.99 where like stuff like it's interesting how image and now everyone's eating so i can talk as much as i want right (laughs) now so hey what's up guys too faster so image does something like they put out the slimline type book Mm -hmm. and you're saying something i think it's interesting that to say you have if you're a company you have room for a dollar ninety nine book. You have room for a two ninety nine book. You have room for books more expensive than that. You well, can just, have like a variety said, I, I, of costs. I bought know? I bought Umbra, which was from Image, and that was six bucks. Yeah. But it was like forty eight, yeah, fifty two pages. But the whatever. issue is Marvel and DC don't need to do that. They're selling no, like, they're selling twenty thousand issues of a book no, they're gonna cancel at two ninety nine. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they don't have to find those more interesting No, but the other companies seem there's they're trying Company to emulate. Says, they're trying to yeah, emulate Marvel like and DC as opposed to emulating. Yeah, like there are companies that I think could benefit from there being a wider variety of, mm-hmm. you know, cost, you know, cost point on certain things. Like maybe Extremis would sell better if it wasn't two ninety nine. Just to pick an example like that, you know, things like that. I mean, Marvel and DC, whatever you could sell Uncanny X Men for your firstborn child and like <laughs> people still get it i mean it's not they're not the ones that are going to make the changes to do that well one of the things i see with marvel and dc is they still are very grounded in the superhero genre now to their credit especially dc they've expanded out in vertigo and they absorbed Wildstorm, which is you know still very very superhero but dc experimented with Gotham Central, which was an amazing series. Didn't sell very well. You got Jonah Hex. Stuff like how that. much... Jonah Hex. Yeah. How much... And, and, you know, I'm a Marvel guy, but to DC's credit, they have tried over and over, repeatedly, to step outside of the superhero genre. And, you know, we say, well, it's not DC or Marvel's responsibility to expand Beyond the market. Super. Okay. But, you know, to an extent, isn't it their responsibility to do that? Well, it's a responsible business move, I think, more than it is. Well, but to their credit, and I think if you look at the most recent previews, you see, and, you know, um, when I when I spoke to a guy like Axel Alonso, who came from Vertigo mm-hmm. and did great things at Vertigo before came from Rolling Marvel. Stone. Well, that's, and <laughs> you're right, that. yeah, really, that's you true. Know, he you're was right. a totally out-of-the-box oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, no, you know, he's, he's a cool guy, he's a great mm-hmm. guy. And he couldn't talk at the time about a lot of things that were coming up for the Max line. But he's like, believe me, the Max line is not dead. We are doing things, and they will be non-superhero things. And sure enough, they're coming back with Zombie, which was a 70s Marvel character that is totally forgettable. Oh, yeah, but I saw that. Kind of a blank slate that they can certainly start with again. And um, I know that there are other crime projects on the way as well. Icon is a step in the right direction. And also this Sable and Fortune, um, we talked yeah. about it before the show started, I think was an attempt at the, uh, a, a small attempt on their part to do something non-superhero. Well, I think but, 
We keep God doing this. Damn it. Um, Axel was also responsible oh, well, for bringing one of our favorite. <laughs> I jumped right in there, didn't I? No, Axel Alonso, I think, was responsible for bringing one of our you know favorite guests and writers into uh, Marvel, and that's Matt Fraction. Oh, he very saw, true. He saw a very talented writer and, and found a title that you normally wouldn't think of a writer like that being able to take over, and that's Punisher War Journal. Yes. And I'm really excited to see what, what Matt's going to do. Brought Charlie Houston to Moon Knight as well. Yeah. I, well, well, going back to. So, sorry, Tom, I'm you stepping and I, all you over go you. First. No, all right. Hey, you go first, buddy. <laughs> I fight coming. <laughs> going back to the question of is it the responsibility, but why. I mean. The only the only way that Marvel or DC should or would expand outside of the superhero genre is is if that was what buyers wanted. Sorry to tell you, but superhero comics sell more than anything else. I mean that that's why there are so many of them. To if, the to the established audience. I well, agree. But I agree. To the and established audience. Enough that yeah, that that is their concern. And well, I, you know, once again, to DC's credit, I think they did that with Vertigo. They didn't. They didn't. I mean, Vertigo doesn't do amazing numbers as a publishing arm of Time Warner. With floppies, but again, I wonder about... Well, about the I'm, trades? Yeah, but wasn't Vertigo just their attempt at like doing what you know, Warner Brothers did with Dimension films, jumping on the indie sort of bandwagon and saying, yeah, "Hey, sort of we have joke. indie, you know, we have indie films or we have indie comics too, but it's really just a company sure, that did indie stuff." And you're, but you know, yeah, what, but 16 years later, they're still they're still out producing good stuff. That, and that, yeah, that's things. they are. Yeah, yeah, so it seemed like Vertigo was almost a place for DC to culture talent to start culture it out. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Around Comics. It's like talking to your best friend's sister. And she's hot. What's funny is um, I'm going back to your comment about the Max thing, about mm-hmm. them coming out with books. This is a slight tangent, but one of the interesting things with the sales numbers from that month, too, is that um, Supreme, uh, was it Supreme Power? Yes. Supreme, Supreme Power? Mm-hmm. Right, right, they right. moved to the Max line, uh, out of the Max line, yes, to thinking Max. that they would sell more. And they now are selling less than they did before they moved from Max. They yes. sold, they're selling 2000 Issues less than well, they did before yeah, they moved. Yeah, we all wanted to see Wonder Woman naked or whoever that chick is. So it's like, <laughs> so part of me also wonders sometimes for like little weird things like that is how how these well, it, it's such a weird well, audience. But that's the market. That's the market, yeah. and that's good. That's the market saying, you know something, nice try. No, we like it this way. And yeah, ma- but and, it, and let's see what happens in a year. Maybe they'll respond. But just taking that in context also is. You know they had some pretty strange things going on with that series before mm-hmm. the move. I mean they had in what the, way? Well, just the, they broke it into or? the they no they broke it into the mini series, and then they sort of relaunched See? the whole book, and that may ha- play into some of. Well, but I, their I, sales I did too. go well, up immediately after they switched, and then they plummeted. Well, the issue they, they, they the went issue up. They went after. up for the for the issue one. Right. And but, then but, I, that is, that is that is that is I think that's a very different case study because I think what what spurred that whole move from Max is that there were a lot of shop owners in the South yeah. that wanted to see Supreme Power in in their stores. Then why but aren't they ordering it? Because they couldn't sell it in stores yeah. because of, of you know, the, the Gordon Lee trial. But now they can, uh, can't they? Yeah, because it's not a Max title anymore. Right, Marvel Knights it can, because, yeah, it's a PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's... If you put it in movie terms. That's so Marvel thing. did exactly what the distributor or the retailers wanted, and it didn't work. So yeah. So should they have... I don't know. Well, it's just a weird you know, thing. I guess, just, I guess we'll see in a year if yeah. what their decision is. I just is brought that, it up you know, well, maybe it seems counter well, It may be a bad thing, because I, I stuck with the title. I loved Supreme Power, and yeah. now I'm buying Squadron, Squadron Supreme. How is it? 
I love it. I, okay. I, I don't think it has lost... That was what Bendis always said yeah. about uh, Powers and moving Jessica and the Pulse mm-hmm. to uh, the regular Marvel Universe, and everyone's like, hey, no more swear words, you're screwing it up, and it's like, yeah, I, I just think it's, I think it's Yeah, but a year later, it's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, was a, that his yeah. decision? It's an or? interesting example of how... I think that was more about the art than it really was anything editorially, and I think because he had so many other projects coming up, it just kind of it was, became it a... About the fact the it's just, it's interesting, right, exactly, yes. interesting how we consider maturity, what a mature title is, what what we think the barriers are to mature titles and how those barriers might not really exist, how freaked out we are by it, but maybe it's not. One of my favorite Tom Cater's quotes, and this is going back to probably episode three or four of Around Comics, is that... Go to hell, Chris. Is, is, <laughs> is that for mature readers only, comics appeal to the immature reader in all of us. Yeah, I, I thought to see I, Naked Wonder Woman. Yeah, and th- yeah, but does that make Superman. for a better well, comic? Well, then why didn't World Watch Chuck Austin's great X-rated comic become like a legendary yeah, book? It's cheaper to download. Probably. Because we have to pretend that we don't like them. I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like we have yeah. to have sort of that illusion, that veil of illusion that we're not titillated by well, a, a yeah. naked Wonder Woman when well, I think you know, we maybe we are. weird things together as being mature. True. We consider things mature. We consider language Strong language, mature. We consider sure. nudity mature. We consider certain types graphic. of violence. Certainly, maybe I don't graphic really know horror, anymore. Yeah, violence. I but remember those, Swamp Thing not having mm-hmm. any nude women, but like you know, uh, those things appeal to different parts of whatever your mind is. You I know? think but a lot of it is together. A lot of it is buzz. It, it's it's how much buzz is created. You talked to um, was it in the Chuck Dixon interview about snakes on a plane? Yes. Yes, we did. Where is the buzz for this movie coming from? Well, I mean, the from internet. Fox. Yeah, from no, from Fox or whoever, whatever the movie company. It's got to yeah. be more than that. It's got to be internet people. It's well, gotta sure be it is. My friend it is, emailed it to me like having, seven months ago, and I thought it was a joke. Well, then, having MySpace right. immediately leap on it, and yeah. that, you know, I mean, and and obviously that's. I mean, I'm sorry, it is powered by Fox and everything. Yeah. So snakes on a again, podcast. I don't, know, I don't know which movie company is is making the film, but yeah, I mean, it's. I give them a lot of credit for obviously marketing and getting the buzz out there. It is such. A knucklehead title, and at first it's like, what is that? And then it's like, oh, oh Sam Jackson, oh, it's snakes on the plane. <laughs> you know, and now, yeah, everyone is in on the joke. And as as Chuck said, they went back and kind it's of snakes off this. I think sweetened <laughs> some some scenes to kind of make it more outlandish and everything. And you know, it sounds like it's going to be deep deep blue sea instead of but yeah, instead right. of snakes on a plane. So, I mean, it's just right. a silly movie. But, but, but a lot of it's buzz. Silly movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's all buzz. It's, it's all buzz. And so you can have one mature reader's yeah. title. That gets some buzz, and then you can have another one that isn't getting much buzz. And that's, in some small way, what we try and do in in little itty-bitty bursts on the show is to create some little bit of buzz. Yeah, pay attention to this book. That's why we're having this, this person on. Exterminators cool is an incredibly well-crafted book. Eh, I just don't like books. Oh, hush. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm with Sal. It's, and, it's, and I haven't read it. No. It's just like... Bugs are icky. I, I'm sorry. I, I and I think open. that's the issue with that. Is it, <laughs> you know, it, one of the biggest fears in the world is a fear of bugs. Absolutely, and I, you know, It's man. like I myself. I'm ex- afraid of snakes and I'm a little afraid of flying. But well, <laughs> but gonna I'm going to be in the front row screaming, "Get these snakes off this motherfucking plane!" <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> See, when bills are overhyped, though, when things are overhyped, yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know, fuck you. You don't need my ten dollars. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, you're, you're trying too hard for my money, and I and I'll pass. 
I'll, I'll certainly hear what the what the word is. You need to trick is. John Centris into giving you his money. <laughs> well, no, well, no, it's just you know what it's it's just like stunting is happens in every media, every oh, form yeah. of media, and it happens in comics, and that's why it's like, uh, all right, let me see what it is first before I really get excited about it. And it's just because we've been through too many generations of books. You just brought up a, a point that I really wanted to go back to in, in the whole thing with trades I wrote and, it and back. is is that because of the way that comics are sold and marketed. You have such an issue with, and I think it's part of the reason why singles will survive is because I don't want to invest nine ninety nine or twelve ninety nine in something I may not like. You have to order your comics, you know, two months in advance, right. or hopefully, or come to the shop, and hopefully they'll be there. Right. You know, if the shop owner ordered enough for you, or you know, whatever it may be, you don't get to see this product beforehand. You might see a five-page preview or you know seven-page preview online, but it doesn't give you the same feel of what the series is going to be like. And you probably have to read two or three issues before you really know whether you like it or not. That's investing, you know, fifteen bucks into something, ten, fifteen dollars into something before you even know if you like, like it or it not. Or and there's yeah. no way to return it. There's no, you know what I mean? There, I think that's part of the issue why comics, you know, in single form will last, and why there's such a problem with moving over to trades as a whole. And it, and it, and it's such a, it's such a risky investment for creators to go. Okay, well, we're not going to release singles. We're going to release a trade because. You know, are you going to spend 15, 20 bucks on a trade that you don't know anything about? That you've never, you know what I mean? Well, that's true too. The, the only thing you can base it on sometimes is the creator, and you know, and the artist and the writer. And, and what little you hear about <clears throat> the story before it finally hits. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it goes back to those little guys that are never going to get that sort of, you know, buzz going on a book. Maybe they will here and there. I mean, but we all have seen plenty of books that are good yeah. that never get bought. You know, yes. that are sitting on the shelves and people just don't buy them. You know, you you might hear good things from everybody about it, but they just don't get, you know, purchased. Are, are we getting closer to the age of anthologies as a guide to, to help us buy comics? It depends what the format of the anthology is, because, like, if you're going to go back to Marvel Comics uh, Presents or, that, or Mar Marvel Superheroes and, yeah, Marvel. Uh, uh, actually, and Action Comics Weekly, weekly. <laughs> and as Mark Wade always says, it's weekly, W-E-A-K, <laughs> or L-Y. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like if you're only giving me four pages or eight pages of a... Of, you know, and that's the only chapter. I don't know if that works. Although it's well, where, the where are the manga? Two thousand ADs, I think, do it better. Two thousand AD. Look at Shonen Jump manga, the manga uh -huh. magazines, black well, and sure, white, yeah. hundred, you know, three hundred and sixty pages for but, six bucks. But isn't that? And you know, I when, when I spoke to Colleen Duran, <laughs> uh, but no, because we talked about because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a big manga reader, but I but I wonder is. Uh, is that more because they're able to present it in that form because this is like literally like the 50th time they have presented this story? Yeah, but you had to start somewhere. Well, I mean, I you know, but, I, but that's what I'm, I'm going to name drop now. Phil Hester told me, you know, him and his friends, <laughs> you know, him and, him and his friends, you know, always talk day. about where is the American Shonen Jump? Why, why is there no publishers out there doing an American Shonen Jump? And I, I've, you know, talked to him a little bit about trying to produce something like that, finding independent you know artists that have a series and don't have the money to put out you know 10 but issues or something what, but, but again that's not what the manga guys doing because again this is like something that's no no, no and what i was going to say is maybe instead would would the essentials and would the new showcases that dc is doing would that work better as a magazine formatted 990 well what if you took a bunch of books you know, a you know a, the size or half the size what if you took a bunch of independent books that were published last year 
stuff that, that didn't didn't make it that okay, didn't sell all that well the, the and you boom, take chapters from anthology. all those yeah well, you know, well boom's making it though they're yeah, doing yeah, pretty well you know, but i mean yeah, you, I, I you, you pick out yeah. five or six from different publishers you know different small publishers well, or independent rights, stuff that's a lot of rights issues isn't it it is but what you're you know but i mean what you're trying to do is promote the book so that it sells the issue you know what i mean you're only giving a taste and that's what you're trying to you know promote it as you're Didn't just giving star do that a couple years ago and I, I seem they to remember a couple big anthologies that literally only had like four to six pages yeah. of each like concept. And right. it's like, this is what we're thinking of. What do you think? And here's like 20. Like 20 well, the Shonen concepts. Jump, the way they do it, though, is like it's like 22 to 40 pages of a story. Of each story. Of each story. And then they go and, you know, if it works in that format, they they publish them in the then phone book. Okay. Yeah, they graduate to the, to the trade, you know. Uh, so this in Shonen Jump, that is the first time that, that we're seeing this story? Well, that we're in America yeah, yeah. seeing it, I don't believe in Japan. Japan that that's the way it is. But I'm not I'm not exactly okay. sure on that. Well, Tom, you picked up the uh, Brave New World from DC. Yeah. Last week, so did I. They, you. you know, they they handcuffed me into that. Sold me a couple of you know. It, I was disappointed that compared to Countdown. I got to be honest. Well, but it was it was four. Was it four? Six. Six. Okay. Yes. Six, six new DC series yes. that. You can try out all in one collected. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea because what ended up happening is I read it, and I was kind of interested in OMAC until I read the preview, and then I was like, oh, I'm not going to read that. And then I <laughs> saw the Adam, and I was like, I didn't want to get the Adam at all. And I read the preview, and I'm like, oh, I'll try it. I Same picked thing. it out, and I mm-hmm. loved it. And for a buck, you can't beat that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's but like. That's a stunt that DC is losing money on. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, but what if they did that in black and white? What if they printed those on newsprint in black and white just to give you a feel for the colorist? I think they still kind of lose. Yeah, <laughs> you're not putting. Say, well, no, they're still not making money off. Well, it. no. How, how about this? How you know, Marvel and DC buck. come out yeah. with new books. No, and the so, paper cost. Marvel and DC come out with new books every year. How about seasonally, quarterly? You come out with a Marvel presents summer. Marvel prevents you know presents you know. Fall and DC Marvel does prevents this. fall. Prevents fall. <laughs> right. I, I had a mouthful. No more seasons. <laughs> you know, or, or DC has their Brave New World for you know summer 2007, yeah. and they do that quarterly, and say so they say so they're going to put out six new books every quarter, and they put this out as a preview, and so you get you know the all six preview issues for a buck. And they do that four times a year. Is that not a great? I'd pick that up every every yeah. quarter. I, again, I mean, now a company like DC can afford to do right. That, that yeah. the, the the smaller guys can't. Yeah. They can't afford to lose the money on, well, on that. Well, you know, okay. So, but a, maybe they a, could boom, if they and, and whoever you know with with up. better educated. Well, that's what I meant. What if you get multiple publishers to put out a black and white anthology piece that you're selling for? I, I just think know, that pie's not big enough to cut up. I could be wrong, but that's... that's I don't I don't know. I mean, you know... I think you end up... What you end up having to do is you're going to end up having to play around with the price point so much that you're almost going to price yourself out of it in a sort of a way. If you get so many people together, you're going to have to make a book a certain size, and to make a book a certain size, you're going to have to charge a certain amount, and then all of a sudden it stops being that cheap book. Well, yeah. I, what I wanted to point out, Sal, is <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not trying to plug this, but I was just going to point... And I plug wanna, I wanna, away. I, oh, well, all right. I've got a, I've got a free magazine that uh, I'm giving out at uh, San Diego and Chicago. I'll be giving away copies as well at the site at wordballoon.com. 
but it's a and I, ble- page. I believe it is also available at Dark Tower Comics it and Collectibles. It is available at Dark Tower Comics, absolutely, and other Chicago <laughs> John stores Centris's as well. John's car. Yes, and it's, yeah, and it's, a word, it's a word balloon magazine that I put together with a local publisher. I can tell you, this costs us a quarter a book, and it's a 32-page black and white book. And this was with contributions from artists as far as uh, getting some panels from guys like Jeff Darrow, covers from Mark Schultz, Tim Bradstreet, the Luna Brothers gave me an ad, crazy stuff. Tom Jane gave me three pages of his new science fiction story that he's going to have. Uh, yeah, but if it's stuff soon. you're already published, if you're but, going to publish maybe stuff. maybe that's where the internet is going to be. All right, so that's a quarter for 32 pages. That's a black and white 32-page book. And it but, you're not buying, but you're not buying it in the bulk that, you know, 10, someone... 000. That's pretty low compared to uh, something like Image would, would maybe you know a hundred thousand well, copies of something that they're promoting. That they're promoting six or eight books in. I don't think they're oh. printing more than maybe thirty thousand. But I don't think. Okay, okay but still at, t- at thirty well, thousand, like you're dropping the price on that you know, down to. Chris, you would know better than I would. You think hundred? Fifteen, eighteen well, cents. Great yeah. new world might go hundred. Yeah, you're gonna. You're so gonna selling it at a buck, you. But don't yeah, you guys but, think but, but that see, this, this is where this, he's not paying creators for this? Right, that's my point. I mean, no, no, really I understand that, but like, you're yeah. paying the creators for the work that it's promoting. You know what I mean? You're paying creators for the work that you're selling the book as an ongoing series or as a miniseries or whatever it may be, and you're creating that. You know what I mean? You're this is the marketing part of that book. It's just a different yeah. way of using your marketing. But don't you think that's where the internet <clears throat> is going to have to play a bigger part? I mean, well, think I, about I think that. It is, I think it is yeah. playing a yeah. bigger part. With these small companies, yeah. it doesn't make sense to print that, but it makes total sense to let people read it yeah. online. You know, why not? Well, you that's know? what I think, Tom, and that's what I was wondering if, like, and that's why I started to use the example of Speakeasy earlier, because they, they were talking about maybe we're going to put our, you know, first three or four issues online, and then if people really like it, then we'll make the trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, and it's, and it, you know, would you pay... And, yeah, it's back to how much how much would saving from not printing it on paper save the, the company and how much of that gets passed along to the Because you have to consider how often people even point? argue about <laughs> buying paper copies of anything. You know, like, there's talk about how do we get people to even buy copies of books that they like. Right. You know, like, well, the, that's sort of the thing that the, the is... Thing, the digital book, the only thing that's keeping the digital book from being in existence and us wiping out paper and just downloading books into Uhura's, you know, tricorder or something, <laughs> is is the interface, is is what right. we're looking at, the, yeah, the, the a, screen. A quality reader. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and that, you know, feeling of a book that you get... You're not getting it right now from a flat surfaced, uh, you know. Ah, screen. but they're working on it. They are working on it. And, and there's actually and, and we we actually had an interesting column. Uh, yeah, one, of, one of our contributors put all about readers, electronic readers in the medium, and and what's out there and what's coming, and you know, electric, you know, digital paper is the new wave. You know, Epson's working on digital paper. That's I think I think he said as soon as they can make a digital reader smell like 25 year old pulp paper, <laughs> he's on board. As soon as they can make the cover fall off. <laughs> he says we're five years away from the paperless society. This is a big futurist guy. No. no. I know I, it's, I know oh, you know what's funny? No. I work he's in bald. an accounting we firm. No offense, Chris. We went paperless two years ago, <laughs> and I have a fucking, like five stacks of paper at my desk. Paperless is funny because anyone who remembers using paper wants to use paper. That's always like the way it's going to... Well, that's generational then. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, eventually, some down, we're down the line, but when paper, people say paperless, when people say paperless society, like the imagery of like, oh, I'm just going to shove all this paper in the dumpster and that's it. But like, 
I God, Christ, we use so much. I think paper it's I think it's paper less, not yeah. paperless. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's exactly. Because what are we going to wipe our rear ends with? You know, when we're done, we won't have to go to the bathroom <laughs> exactly. anymore. Seashells. Yeah, the shelves like from uh, <laughs> Demolition Man. Yeah. The three shelves. He doesn't know how to use the three <laughs> shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Little Rob it's very Schneider. rare that we get to use a nice Demolition Man. <laughs> that's, that's really we, the we best need, line for that film. We need more Demolition Man quotes. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that movie too. Wow. Well, this has been a deep conversation uh yeah we've got we touched on well, some we great can, uh, stuff we can get i found my holy grail comic today Ooh, yeah Where's uh your holy grail it's comic? dc bring, bring comics it presents um superheroes fighting super gorillas and it's oh a, i remember that i <laughs> totally was, remember that the best one is on the cover i haven't read it yet but the best one looks to be wonder woman fighting alien apes Apes, not only intelligent Ooh. apes, but intelligent apes Alien. from another planet who have come to Earth with higher technology. Yeah, to fight Wonder Woman. Tom, nice. have, you been a, have you been a Congorilla fan? I, I know. Congorilla yeah. and Congorilla. I oh. have. Uh, I also got my Secret Origins Gorilla um, ape issue here, like uh, a couple weeks ago. I haven't read it yet, uh, but it's got the origin did, uh, of Congorilla. Uh, Fraction ever send you that? Rex Man Mantu. Rex no, Mantu. he didn't. He, he emailed me again and asked. He said, "Is that Tom? I'm, I'm sending that to." Then yeah. that was like last week. Okay. So he he's I, well, he's, I, I know that Matt just got back from yeah, uh, Heroes, Heroes Con. Oh yeah, Heroes Con. Heroes Con. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's yeah. Well, I just worked like a eight hour day. Boohoo! <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't a vacation. Yeah, right? it wasn't like yeah. I didn't. Well, I, I believe he is me. still sending I'm, that to I'm you. So. Kidding, Snapping Matt. back from cons. That's that's tough. That's tough. You guys know. Well, you're heading out to San Diego, right? So the next time we see you, you'll be Tanner and oh yeah, no, I, yeah, don't kid yourself. More well like, spoken. I'm gonna be like yeah. all the guys that come to Rosemont yeah, and like, never get out in the yeah. sun and never actually see Chicago. <laughs> I think that's it. I've been up. to Chicago yeah. five years in a row. I've never seen the Sears Tower. <laughs> the Stevens can say yeah, the Stevens Convention Center in the airport. That's all they know from Chicago. Yeah. The blue line. You know what I'm gonna know? The floor me. of a bar. Because I'm gonna get so drunk, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> Well, well, John, what, what, what's Sorry, your big plans guys. for you San Diego? What you, what you got going on out there? Um, well, let's see. I know uh, we're going to you know, promote the Word Balloon magazine, mm -hmm. and uh, I will be at the Century Guild booth. And uh, Dan Brereton, who is the uh, cover artist and the lead feature in the magazine, talking about the relaunching of the Nocturnals, uh, Olympic Comics or Olympic Publishing, mm -hmm. is uh, putting out the book. And I know that uh, is that new material. It is new. It's going to start with three hardcovers of the original four right. books with uh, added uh, stories and supplemental material. Like he's taking the role-playing story that he had in the role-playing game uh -huh. version of the Nocturnals, and he's fattening it up with uh, images and making it uh, kind of like a, a pulp story where it's going to be. Uh, prose and individual splash pages. I, I really love his cool. art. His stuff he's is just man. so fantastic. He, and he, he's, you're, you bet, Thrill Killer, one of the best Elseworlds. Yeah. Um, so he, Dan and I are going to do something on Saturday at um, at Olympic Publishing's uh, booth at Century Guild. And then on Sunday, um, there's a podcast panel, and I'll be there uh, at 11.30 on Sunday morning. And other than that, I'm just going to be wandering around. Just, just so you know, and, I'm sending operatives to that panel to, to say... To ask the question, how come around comics isn't here? I think no. no, I believe me, I understand. This. Anyone going to San Diego Con, I'll send you a eight by ten glossy of Tom Cater's autograph. <laughs> if you ask that question at the to John Suntras, only well, only to John. You know, although B Clay Moore's gonna be there uh, oh. doing the uh, narrating or the moderating. Yeah, that'll Love be a club. funny group. Yeah, that'll be I, front of I, I hate you by the way. We're we're like, hey John. Look at our new Around Comics business card. I, guys, John's like, oh, here's my new magazine. Well, it's, <laughs> it's dirty 
22 pages. It's it's you know they're highlights of uh, interviews that I did with. It looks awesome. It does look really nice, John. I'm really pleased with everyone that contributed from like Bendis, Jeff Johns, Jeff Darrow, Tom Jane, Rucka. Hey guys. Uh And on the back page, he mentions he owns the Miracle Man trades. For all you people who can't freaking get those. Oh, what's that? Man? Why? You just mentioned them on your show. And no, no, no. And John Centris no, 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 also me. owns a gusset lace golden I almost bought X. my mini disc player and everything, and I promise next time I will, and, and we will we will do a word balloon roundtable with with you gentlemen. It would be my pleasure. Oh, uh, we would love that. Yeah, would, you know, I, I haven't done it yet, and I've only you know the only other people I've extended the same invitation to are uh, really the Crankcast guys, Norton and. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We ought to do it all. We ought to do a Chicago. Round table. That'd be fun. Is, there, is it just the three of us that are doing it in Chicago? Um, there's you and us Crank. and Crankcast and Neil Gorman with Comicology oh, okay. is here. Uh, is anybody else in Chicago that you know of? Not that I'm aware of, no. There's probably is. There probably uh, is. I just don't know. I think I blew off, Mike off. Norton's mind with that link to the Perfect Strangers fan fiction. Is it creepy, bulky, like, yeah. sex stories? Well, with no, the, there's, the other one? there's one with where Laddie? it's, it's bulky walking around Chicago after 9-11 and, like, his feelings about what it means to be free in America. Is <laughs> wow, I really think bulky is yeah, the perfect vessel there's to also, tell this story. Just not, just before yeah. we run out of time, <laughs> there's a really awesome one where Laverne and Shirley take a train to Chicago and Lenny and Squiggy screw up the train and somehow it becomes a time machine <laughs> and they end up meeting Larry and Balky and like going out on a double date who has time to write this stuff wow. I, I don't have I've I read mean, the metric I have like <laughs> it's I'm sorry I, it, wow as Mike Norton said it is soul shattering so I think I, <laughs> I think I wrecked all of you guys there's some some of them are serious they're not all comedies uh, like no no they're where, all funny trust me where, there, there's, there's one where it's serious. just the um Larry's girlfriend thinking about how she ever ended up with Larry. And it's not funny. It's like... You know, he was so good in my favorite year, Mark Lynn Baker. And yes, I, with I Peter O'Toole. I, I love that movie. One of my it, truly favorite like guilty pleasure movies. Yeah, he's on a, a new sitcom yes. that's probably already been canceled and at this point. And he moved from Madison, Wisconsin to Chicago just like I did. Oh, that's cool. Well, oh. there you hey, go. Hey, guys. But okay, I think All that's right. another yeah, episode. Time when you read Mark Lynn Baker, it's yeah. time to go. All right, Doesn't folks. he have a comic coming um, up? Thank you <laughs> for, uh, thank you for uh, listening in again. We really appreciate it. John, it is always a pleasure Gentlemen, to have you here. my pleasure. Thank you. Thank always, you for Always, always fun. Thank uh, Tom, Sal, thank you as always for all the hard work that you do. Yeah. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week. We'll be back again Monday with another full-length episode of Around Comics. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... And around comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.